All right. Get your Bible, iPad, iPhone, whatever you use to open the Word of God up. And we're going to go right into this series today that we are in now called Mind Games. Mind Games. All right? Talking about the battle of the mind. How many found out that's where the war is at? For as a man thinks, so is he. Let's go to our text. We started off with a sermon called The Battle of the Mind. And two weeks ago, before Mother's Day, we talked about the battle of the mind But today I want to talk to you about the battle for your mind. Because there is a war out that the enemy has a settled plan, and I'm going to share with you the system that he uses to conquer our minds. There is a battle for your mind today. And I want to preach pastorally to you today, and I believe that this word is going to help you and change your life. How many will let the word change your life today and receive God's word? Amen? All right, let's go to our text. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And we present our body, our person to him, all right? And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, get your notes out. We're going to review for those that may be new. And we we had Mother's Day last Sunday, so I want to get us right up to par on where we are. And so here the Apostle Paul says, do not be conformed. And the word conformed, as we look at our notes, and you can fill it in, it means to comply or act in agreement with. All right? He says, don't be conformed. Don't comply. Don't act in agreement with. What does he say there? But be transformed. All right? So don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, which means to change the condition, character, and foundation of. So don't conform. Don't adjust or comply to the world, but be transformed by changing the condition, character, and foundation of what? By the renewing, the renewing, which means to make new or fresh again, to reestablish your Mind. Come on, help me this morning. Your mind. And the mind is the substance or process that reasons, thinks, feels, wills, perceives, or judges. It is our disposition. So put it all together. Paul, through God, through the Apostle Paul is saying, look, there's a battle going on for your mind. But he says here to not be conformed. Don't comply to the thinking or the mindset of the world but I want you to be transformed. I want you to change the condition, character of your mind by renewing, by making fresh and new the way you reason or you think. Everybody with me on that? All right? Now go to Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. Those who live according to the flesh. Those who? What does that mean? There's a choice. Say choice. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. What is that saying? Wherever man's mind is, that's what's going to function in his life. And if my mind is set on fleshly things, guess what my body's going to do? Fleshly things. If my mind is set on spiritual things then my body and my life is going to perform and operate fulfilling God's call and operating in spiritual things in my life. All right? 
The mind governed by the flesh is death, for the wages of sin is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile, which means the enemy of God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Now, I shared with you last uh, time that we talked about this, that it is our thought life that defines who we are. My thought life defines me. The actions that I do in my life are simply outward manifestations of my thinking. Amen? And, and what I dwell on, I will eventually begin to do. If I think hatred and anger, then I'm eventually going to di display that in my actions. If I think lustful and, and, and evil thoughts, I'm, I'm eventually going to begin to participate in that. Whatever I put my mind to, my body will follow. And so my thoughts truly define who I am. And boy, have our advertisers picked up on that. Haven't they? I mean, turn the TV on, man, I mean, and then turn it off. All right? It's like they, they know, and they'll put those advertisements in front of you, and, and you'll walk in Coles and Pennies and Mason and all those stores, and like, two for the price of one. I know I can't afford this right now, but who can turn down a deal like this? And I know I can't afford it, but I'll pay for it as I can. We'll just charge it right now. They, they know how to get you, don't they? And I mean, you can't even get a Hardee's hamburger now without a half-naked woman on the hood of a car. Like, sir, my wife gets so mad at those commercials of Hardee's. She's like, just turn it. Like, who needs a half-naked woman in a sensual act to sell a hamburger? And all these men are going to Hardee's looking for that half-naked woman, and she ain't there. But while they're there, why not get a hamburger? They got you, man. They got you through your brain. Because men, well, never mind. All right. <clears throat> Satan knows that if he can entertain your mind, it is only a matter of time before you will begin to act out your thoughts. If you entertain infidelity, you will act it out. If you entertain pornography and, and pornography and all that stuff, eventually you will begin to act those deeds out. If, if you entertain anger, you will eventually begin to, to show those acts of anger, frustration, doubt, and fear. The enemy wants to begin to operate through your mind so that your body will follow in actions leading you to death. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, in your notes, read it with me. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And we talked about them the last time. Pulling down those strongholds, casting down arguments. And the key word with arguments there is imaginations. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought, every thought into captivity to what? to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And I want us to look at this today because the word imagination there means the formation of a mental image, the formation of a mental image of something that is neither perceived as real or present to the senses. And here's what I want you to understand in that. The unguarded mind, Talking about imaginations. How many's mind like mine? It can go some crazy places. Come on. 
And I mean, we'll make something small way bigger than what it is, can't we? And our minds can go into some crazy territories, and here's what we have to understand. And I've gone very fast here to get to where I want to get right now, is that when, when Jesus says we've got to come down and casting down these imaginations, we, we've got to come and realize that what the enemy wants to do is come into this place, and, and an unguarded mind can travel and wander into some very dark territories. And we shared that with you two weeks ago, that when the, the one-third of the fallen angels, when, when Satan rebelled against God in heaven, and one-third of the fallen angels went with Lucifer, and they were cast out of heaven, they were cast into what the Bible said, pits of darkness. And we did a whole thing on this. And, and those pits of darkness is where demonic powers have been demanded by God to dwell. And when we let our mind drift into places of darkness, an unguarded, protected mind will drift into these dark places. We have now opened ourselves up for demonic activity in our mind and then in our life. They are commanded to go there by God. We go by choice. Are you with me? Nod. Okay. And so we've got to understand that when Jesus is saying, I want you to be transformed, made new by the renewing, refreshing of your mind, the way you reason and think about life. And so I want to share with you today a four-step process that the enemy uses in his, ta- in his attack to own and destroy you through your mind. I want you to go on this. I'm going to preach very pastoral today. Some of you, I may offend, and I apologize for that, but I don't because I want to set you free on some stuff today, all right? And, and, and I want you to hear me today as a pastor. I want you to let me talk to you. Is that fair enough? Will you let me do that? All right? Number one is the doubtful mind. There's a journey. There's a journey that Satan wants to get you on without you knowing that you're on it, all right? The first thing that Satan does is he tries to establish a mind of doubt, He wants to come and and put you into a place of a doubtful mind. In Luke 12, 29, And seek not what you shall eat and what you shall drink, neither be of a doubtful mind. Look in James 1, 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing doubting, for he who doubts is like the surge of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. You see, when Satan came and tempted Eve in the garden, if you notice what he did, he didn't attack her body, he attacked her mind. And what he wanted to do and what he did was establish doubt in her mind about what God really said. And he began to twist the words of God and began to ask Eve. And he began to speak for God to Eve going, here's what God really said. And here's what God did not say. And he twisted it in the mind of Eve until Eve began to quote what Satan was saying, not what God said. And he deceived her through her mind and began to put doubt in her mind. And can I tell you, the first place Satan wants to come today to destroy us is to begin to put doubt in our mind that God really loves us, that God's really on your side. He wants to begin to twist things and and manipulate and bring those imaginations in and start distorting things in your life. And all of a sudden, you begin to question God. And and here's one of the, you, you see, Satan is a master liar. Have you not figured that out? He's a master manipulator and deceiver and liar. He's the father of all lies. And he comes and what he wants to do is he wants to get you thinking and believing this lie that God's against you. 
and that all your struggles and conflicts in your life are a result of God being angry with you. Anybody had those thoughts? It's like, man, God, you must really be ticked off with me. And God, I, I thought I put all that under the blood. Maybe you're still holding me accountable for the mistakes of my past. That's why I'm going through all this stuff today. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Right? And what is that? He's wanting to put imaginations in your mind, all right, telling you that God's blessing everybody else in the church but you. Look, everybody else is doing fine but me. You just don't know their story yet. And they may be doing fine right now, but that doesn't mean they were doing fine six months ago, but they stayed faithful to God's word and, and he's walked them through. But Satan wants to get you beginning to doubt God's blessing. And, and when you begin to let that enter you, your mind, you become unhappy in life and you begin to doubt God's love for you. And as you doubt God, you begin to find fault with others. And when you begin to question God's love for you, you will begin to find fault with those he's blessing. And before you know it, you hate church because everybody in there is a hypocrite. But you're the one that's walking away. And what is it? It's a plan of the enemy. He wants you to begin to doubt God's love. You see, you have given an open ear to Satan's lie and you now doubt God's love for you. And that's phase one. As simple as it is, that's where Satan starts. And let me say this. If Satan is doing that in your life today, that is not his ultimate goal. His ultimate goal is not just to get you doubting God. That's just phase one of his ultimate goal. He's wanting to use that as the means to get you on a journey that's going to walk you into total destruction. But he starts off by establishing a doubt in our mind that if God, you love me, why? I don't get this at all, God, and if you love me, you could have stopped that. You could have prevented that. You could have took care of this, and I don't get it because you didn't, and the enemy wants to come and start establishing a spirit of doubt in your mind toward God. Everybody with me on that one? Okay, anybody identify with that besides me? Amen? And then once Satan begins to put a spirit, a mindset of doubting into our mind, he automatically moves us into phase number two, and that's called the blinded mind. Because once you begin to doubt God's love for you, you will become blinded to the facts and the truths of what's going on around you. Imaginations start taking over. So watch in 2 Corinthians 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You see, once you allow Satan to establish doubt in your heart, you move into this next phase called spiritual blindness. That Satan blinds our minds from the truth of God's word. We begin to live our life according to circumstances, according to comfort, acceptance, and feelings rather than the principles of God's word. We now see Christians and the church in general embracing and supporting areas of life and society that the Bible goes strictly 100% against. And yet we embrace that because our eyes have been blinded to the truth. 
that once you begin to doubt God's love for you, Satan then moves us into this realm that all of a sudden our eyes are blinded to spiritual truth and we begin to operate our relationship with God on our circumstances rather than the principles of his word. And we begin to compromise truth for a lie. Have we ever seen or dreamed that we would see the nation called America at such a spiritual low? Did we ever dream that we would see a nation debating over things that the Bible is so clear about? And now the church is in controversy over it? Why? Because we allow the enemy to blind our eyes and blind our mind to the truth of God's word. You see, we've got to come and realize what was once black or white now has become gray to many people because Satan has blinded their minds. They've lost conviction of God's truth. See how quiet it is in here today? You see, a major characteristic of spiritual blindness is one who now supports what they used to oppose. One who now approves what they used to say was wrong. What's happening? Spiritual blindness is taking over. All of a sudden, we see things in our life. One who justifies their wrong, though they know the scripture says it's wrong, is spiritual blindness. One who is always blaming others for their present condition. Spiritual blindness. We have to acknowledge that. You see them living a lifestyle contrary to God's word. They post it all over Facebook. I mean, pastors, we don't even have to pray for discernment anymore. Just get on Facebook. You know exactly what everybody in your church is doing. Used to, God would need to wake us up in the middle of the night and go, so-and-so, he's not out doing too good. And I mean, he would tell us, and we would call so-and-so and go, God woke me up in a dream last night, and you were messed up, man. Ooh. You don't even have to pray anymore. Just get on Facebook. You know right what they're doing. And I mean, you'll see them on Facebook and you see them living a life now that goes totally contrary to what they used to preach. And here's what they're saying at the bottom. Don't judge me if you don't know me. I know you. And what you're doing is wrong. And Satan's blinded you. And he's got you on a course of destruction. Are y'all quiet because it's hot or you're just listening? Yeah, you're trying to save all the energy you can right now, right? I ain't saying nothing unless I have to, all right? But are you, are you with me? Nod at least, nod. Are you with me? Are you, are you agreeing with me? I'm gonna preach it whether you agree or not, but are you agreeing with me, all right? Okay, you've gotta come and realize that the first thing Satan wants to do is get me to doubt God's love for me And if I begin to doubt God's love for me, then all of a sudden he moves me into this phase too that I become blinded to the truth of his word. And I begin to live my life according to what I feel and the circumstances around me rather than the principles of his word. And what happens is that Satan begins to convince people that they're unworthy of God's love as a means to get them to doubt God loves them. He then takes them into a place of spiritual blindness where they have a lifestyle contrary to God's word Because here's what you've got to understand. Satan does not just dislike you. He wants to destroy you. He doesn't just dislike you. He wants to take you out. He wants to destroy you today. And I want to tell you that you've got to begin, and I've got to begin to identify the places that we find our mind. Don't ignore it today. But if you fit in one of these four places, I want to challenge you as a pastor to identify that and say, God, I'm coming out. We're going to stop this warfare and we're coming out. 
Because if I allow myself to fall into the, the doubtful mind and then I move into the blinded mind, I then come into this thing called the closed mind. The closed mind. 2 Timothy 3, 7. Always learning. More knowledge, more word, more worship, more good at always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of truth. The closed mind. Never able to grab that truth of God's word. John 3, 20. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that their deeds will be exposed. You see, a closed mind refuses to take responsibility for its actions blames everyone else for his present condition and will no longer receive truth or instruction from anyone. You ever met people like that? I mean, you, you, their life is a wreck. They're going straight down and you're there trying to speak truth and knowledge into them and they have nothing to do with it. Come on, anybody? And, and what is it? Their mind's closed off to receiving anything that can be restorative into their life. They won't hear what you've got to say no matter what you're speaking to them. And as a pastor, I've often looked people in the face and warned them of the dangerous spiritual position that they're in, and yet some have refused to listen or change. You speak words into their ears, but it never gets into their heart because the enemy has closed their mind to truth. And, and you can watch them. I mean, playing games with, with, with chemicals and drugs and, and, and all of those things out there. And, and you talk, tell them, look, you're playing Russian roulette. You're, you're playing a game that eventually is going to destroy you. It's going to destroy you. And, and it's sad when some of you are more affected by me seeing you in an act of sin or participating in something destructive than you are your children seeing you. Like, I don't want pastors to see me like this. I don't want your kids seeing you like that. Because I'm not going to become like you, but they are. That's worth coming to church for right there. Are you, are you here? I'm trying to talk. I said I may offend some of you, and I'm not, I don't want to, but I'm trying to get into your world because the enemy's playing a game with your mind, and he wants to destroy you. And he wants to destroy the legacy that God's left for you to build. And you've got to come and realize today, if I'm in one of these places, man, let me acknowledge it because I want to win the mind game because while I think is what I am and if I start approving the very things that I used to disapprove of, then I've got to come and realize that Satan's man is warping my mind and I'm caught up in these imaginations and I've got to come back to the truth of God's word. Come on, y'all receive that today? Amen. And, and then we got, I, I see this as a pastor, single women, and I love you ladies, man, but I want to tell you something. You don't need to go give your body to some man out there to take care of you that's proven he can't even take care of himself yet. Come on. We, we minister Sunrise Apartments right up the road. 98% of those apartments are single mothers with children. Go in there on a Friday or Saturday night, you'll see more men than you'll see women. They don't live there. They're using these women for their own gratification. And these women are giving themselves up to men that can't even take care of themselves, much less take care of them. What is it? It's a closed mind. It's a mind that's been shut off to knowledge and truth and wisdom. 
Somebody's been speaking into their mind, but they're not listening. They're headed down a road of destruction. Are y'all with me today? Will you nod with me? And, and I want to I challenge you today. I want to help some of you today to get free. If you get mad, call me and I'll meet with you one-on-one. And I'll listen to you, but then I'm going to preach the same message to you again. Because I love you. I do. I care. I want us all to win. So I want you to win with me, all right? You see, it starts by doubting God's love. That doubt then begins to blind one from the truth of God's word. The enemy now has one in a position that they do not even desire to hear truth any longer. The heart is now hardened against anything that doesn't support their rebellious and destructive way of living. Am I not telling you the truth? And then it leads us to number four, the worst, the place you do not want to go, the depraved mind, or the Bible calls it the reprobate mind. You don't want to go there, but this is Satan's ultimate goal to get every one of us right here. That's his goal. You see, you thought he just wanted you to doubt God. No, that's just step one. That's just step one. Because if he can get you to doubt God's love and he can get that doubt, he'll, he'll begin to blind you to the truth that surrounds you. And if he can get you blinded, then he closes your mind to anything that anybody wants to speak into your heart. And if he gets your mind closed, man, he's headed you into a place of depravity a place of reprobate. You see, this last level of the mind games is far, by far the most serious. It's not a place that a person gets to overnight. One can only get into such a spiritual and mental condition over time of disobedience and rebellion, refusal to listen and receive from God's word and those that love them. And and when this happens, the person is not only uh, in a place where they don't become repentant, but their mind becomes depraved, reprobate. It becomes the enemy of God. And we see that more in society today than ever. Have we ever lived in a nation that is so anti-Bible, so anti-Christian, so anti-principles of God's word? What is that? That is the outward manifestation of depraved minds that are making the laws of our land that have been seared from a conscience of God's principles and God's word. They have no fear of taking God's word and cursing it in the public view. What is that? That's the depraved, reprobate mind. And you see, we've got to come and realize that depraved, reprobate, it means an unprincipled mind, a wicked mind, a morally shameless mind, a mind that now has no limits or boundaries. And how many knows anything with no boundaries is self-destructive? And so I want to take you on a journey through a lot of scripture right now, more than we normally put out. I want you to get your hand out, and I'm going to read some scripture, and I want you to really let the word of God speak to your heart today. And and if you're, I hope no one's in this condition, and if you're not, then hopefully these scriptures will let you know you don't want to go there. And, and, And if you find yourself there, I want you to know you're in a church that's ready to help you come out. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen? Go with me now, Romans chapter 1. We're not going to put it on the screen because there's so much that's in your notes. So go with me. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, they knew, they knew, okay? It's plain to them because God has made it plain to them. 
For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Underline this. But their thinking, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They engaged the truth about God. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Do you see the process from doubt to blinded to closed to now depraved? That we will change the truth for a lie and worship and serve created things rather than the creator who was forever praised. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind. Do you see the process? Do you see what I'm talking about? It went from doubt. You with me? Then it went to what? Blinded. And then it went to closed. And God says, once you enter that closed mind phase, you start to reject the principles of my word, you're being handed over to a depraved mind. Powerful. We've got to hear it. So God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what not to they do what should not be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, which means to be rude, arrogant. It means arrogant and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity or faithfulness, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but approve of those who practice them. The depraved mind, the reprobate mind, that's where Satan wants to get every one of us in this room today. Is this helping you? Are you with me? Because there's a journey that the enemy wants to take every one of us on. And if we identify ourselves at any one of those places, then God's wanting to wake us up today and get us out and get us back on track. This message is not to judge you if you're in one of those four places. It's to help you identify it so God can get you out. And you'll desire to come out and let God begin to bring a transformation and a renewing of your mind. Because God wants you healthy and fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen. So what are the symptoms of a depraved mind? 
A depraved mind has a vanishing conscience. No discernment of good and evil. Evil's called good and good's called evil. Once that mind reaches that place of depravity and reprobate, it, it no longer has a conscience. It's seared. It has no regrets over committed sins. A lack of conviction. It begins to excuse and justify the sin in its life rather than repent. The third thing, it has resentment toward Christ and his church. That a, a depraved mind blames Christ for not making them stop their lifestyle of sin. Labels the church hypocrites as people who don't care. And then number four, the depraved mind has a lost sensitivity to the convictions of the Holy Spirit. At this point, one openly participates in their sin with no level or conviction or remorse. And can I say this to you today as a pastor? If you're here today and you're living in a lifestyle that you know goes contrary to God's word and there's no conviction taking place in your heart, you're at the most dangerous spiritual place you can ever find yourself. And I want to help you as a pastor come out in Jesus' name. Because we love you, man. We, we care about you. We care about where you are right now. And we want God to bring a healing in your life and set you free in Jesus' name. Come on, y'all with me today? I know this isn't the type of message to make you jump over a pew. I don't want you to ever do that anyway because most of us are going to break a neck in the process, all right? But I want you to listen to it and let it get in your heart so it will change your life in Jesus' name. Amen? And so a depraved mind willfully rejects the person of Christ. It becomes independent and apathetic toward the church. The fact is God never left the person of a depraved, reprobate mind. That person gave themselves over to the mind games of the enemy. And eventually by continual rejection of God's dealings with them, they find themselves in a place where they are numb. They are numb to the dealings, convictions, and the voice of God. And a person at this level, and I want you to hear me today, a person that finds themselves at this level will very rarely be able to come out by themselves. Very rarely will they be able to just step out. Oh, I don't want to talk to anybody. You're going to have to. You got to get somebody that you can trust and believe in because one will put 1,000, but two will put 10,000 to flight. Confess your faults one to another, and you'll find healing and deliverance in your life. And when Satan binds you to this level, you're going to need somebody to come in agreement with you and bind that spirit and let a freedom and a release come into your heart and life and mind. In Jesus' name, amen. This is good teaching. I'm doing I'm, It's just good. If I was in one of those four, I'd get free today because I've been in one of those four. I've been in more than one. Amen. But you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there today. That's, that's the whole message. And, and I want to say this, and my time's up, but this, this whole message really was birthed years ago. And, and I was in Beaumont, Texas. I was working as an evangelism pastor at a great church there. And this lady called me, and she said, Pastor Dan, she's screaming on the phone. And can you get to the hospital? Uh, help me, help me. And, and, and we talked for a moment, and I ran up to the hospital, and her brother was there, and he was in bad shape, and he got better. And, and then he come back, and she called me another day and said, my brother, can I bring him by the church? And, and he's having a tantrum, and I said, bring him on. Her brother's like in his 40s, all right? He walks in my office. He cusses me every way. He made up cuss words. I don't even know what some of them were, you know? And he cussed me. I mean, just let him go. And I'm sitting at my desk like, I just prayed for you weeks ago, you know? What did I do? He's cussing me out. And he started cussing God. 
I don't want nothing to do. She wants to serve your God. I hate your God. I don't believe in your God. I don't want nothing to do with your God. He just went on this rant for a while. And three, it was literally three days later, she calls me back. And he's in intensive care on life support. Massive heart failure. And I stood by his bed holding his hand, praying God to give me five minutes with him. Five minutes. Let me have him with a clear mind so I can talk to him about you. And I held a man's hand while he breathed his last breath and went to hell. Because the last words out of his mouth, his sister said, was him cursing God. And I was holding his hand when he went to hell. And I made a vow that day to God that I'll do everything in my power. I'll make you mad if you get mad, but I'm going to love you and care enough about you that I don't want to hold another person's hand when they breathe their last breath and enter hell. I want to get as many as I can out of that grip and put them in the hands of Jesus so you can make it to heaven. And, and, and I'm trying to talk to some of you today. And God wants you to know, man, it doesn't matter. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to beat you up. And some of you may have taken some comments that I've made personal. And, and I want to clear that up because I never use this pulpit to talk to anybody specifically in a church. If I've got something to say to you, I'll have a meeting with you and talk to you one-on-one. I don't use this pulpit to bring any individual situation up. I'm talking general through years of pastoring when I use ex- examples. And I want you to know something today. I care about you, but you know as much as I care about you, God cares a thousand times more. I can't free you, but he can. And he just wants me to tell you that today. And here's the last thing in closing. So we've looked at the four negatives, but what about the positive? The good news is God can overcome all four negatives with one positive. That's the renewed mind. The renewed mind. Ephesians 4.23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in your mind. Be renewed in your mind. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing, the reestablishing, the making fresh and new again of your mind, the way you reason things, the way you establish things around you. Jesus wants to do that in your life today if you'll let him. You receive God's word today? You receive it? Amen? Amen. Will you bow your heads to me because I want to pray for you. Father, as a pastor, I I pray for this congregation today because I'm not ignorant to the attacks of the enemy that come against me. They come against all of us. I know the battles that I have with my own mind. I know the warfare that I fight. God, I know across this building today there's battles of the mind, the mind game of the enemy that's going on. And I pray over your people today. I pray, Father, that you will help everyone here today to be honest with where they are as I am with myself and that God we will come and if we fit in any of those four that today we will identify and acknowledge it and make a decision today that I'm not staying there but I'm going to let a renewing of my mind begin to take place in the Holy Spirit through your word through your presence I declare it over my life and I'm going to ask every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed and I'm not even going to open my eyes right now but if that's you And you would acknowledge that, God, that's me today. You're talking to me through my pastor. You're you're speaking to my heart today, and I receive your word. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to resist it. I receive it. I want you to raise a hand in this building. I just want you to hold your hand up. And, Father, I pray over every hand that's raised in this room right now that by the Holy Spirit you will give wisdom and strength and courage 
that your word will come alive in their heart today and that God, a renewing and a transformation of their mind will take place in the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I want you to bow your heads. And if you're in this building, you say, Pastor Dan, I'm here today, but I'm not a Christian yet. Someone invited me today or I came on my own and maybe I used to be, but something's happened and I found myself wandering away from God. And I just know today that I need to come back to Jesus. I need to get a life change experience with him. Pray for me. If that's you right now, would you just slip a hand up right where you sit and you can put it right back down. God bless you. Anyone else? I I just need Jesus today. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray for you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Before we pray, God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. Jesus loves you today. He wants to start you over and give you a fresh, fresh beginning. If you raise your hand or you did not and you need Jesus, maybe on live stream, pray with me today. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. And I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. I'm a new person in Christ today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Will you join me and let's give a hand clap to these that pray.